This is the Merrickville Catch-Up Podcast. Make sure you never miss a thing. Download the Merrickville Catch-Up from the Triple M app. Where am I? Welcome to... Merrickville. And welcome to Friday Eve with Lawrence Mooney for a double in the Moon Man event. That is it. Double up, uh, double down. It's Wednesday and Thursday. That's Two right. Moon Men are better than one. That's right. Double one enders. at either end. One, it's not, that's how it's known in the industry. Sometimes it's known as a black member, which is, I don't understand the reference there, but black member, I don't know. Anyway. So um, it's payday, Thursday. Yeah. Thursday's still payday. Yeah. People get paid randomly. Yeah, no, I remember when it was always Thursday, you know. If you, even if you're on the rock and roll, your money would come through on a Thursday. Oh. So everyone could go to the pub together. How the good. unemployed and the employed. So good. Every second Thursday, you pay, oh, you come around, you so just go, good. Oh, that $130, can't wait to get out there and spend that. The oh, comedy scene in Melbourne wouldn't have been what it is, uh, and in fact, in the whole of the country, if it wasn't for the dole in the 90s, 80s and 90s. Oh, I loved it. it was like our scholarship. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. it's an incentive to not work, and what a great mm. one it was. So that's a, that's a pretty good opening. There's some stuff on the show, but you know how this goes. Don't, yeah. don't forget. <laughs> Thunderstorms and lightning, very, very frightening. Galileo. Galileo, Galileo. Galileo, Galileo. Ooh, they were a bit frightening last night, Loz. Big storms in Sydney passed over in the wee hours of the morning. Woke me up. I had earplugs in, and I could hear the thunder got up and saw uh, the lightning as it passed over Sydney. It was dramatic, to say the least. Isn't it amazing when the thunderclap is right over your house? It is an awesome feeling. It's unreal. Like, it, the vibration, you can feel it. I love it. The louder, the better. Yeah. Because it, it scares the life out of you, but it makes you feel like you're alive. Yeah, well, you know you're safe. All you have to do is just run around and get a big sheet of tin, pull it over your head, and you're fine. Yeah. And go just out stand out. Go out into the uh, driveway, stand there with a golf club in the air, Yeah. and back to the future. <laughs> just go to the drawer, get some Camelco alfoil, just yeah. wrap it around the other rod. I can, you can make your own conduction rod. Right? Yeah, you, you, you can with make your hand, yourself. With your arm, into, obviously I'm talking about yeah. you wrap it around your arm. Wrap it around. Make some underpants out of alfoil, <laughs> your own flux capacitor. <laughs> <laughs> Get a coat hanger, put it in your mouth like a snorkel. <laughs> Just wait. Don't. Michael J. Fox. <laughs> Before you know it, you're back in the Great West. It's that simple, kids. I've mm. um, I've I, the dumbest thing I've ever done in an electrical storm was only a few years ago. Last, and I really like to this day. It spooks me. Probably about three years ago, I was in Mildura and the very northern part of Victoria. I was crossing the Hay Plains between Adelaide and Sydney, and I was with my family. Been in a car, the kids have been driving us mad. We had a stop in uh, at the Grand Hotel in Mildura, top pub. Anyway, they got a pool there, so I said, All right, let's have a swim. And uh, my missus goes, Oh, there's a big storm coming. I said, Ah, oh, no. what are you now? Are you, are you Michael J. Fox? Do you understand how storms work? And she just goes, No, I can just see that there's a lightning storm. And I go, It's past, it's gone, it's in Broken Hill now. God, yeah. can we get over I know, it? I know. Georgie, I know about physics. Yeah. Uh, lightning can't travel a huge distance. <laughs> What's it, what do you expect he's going to do? Leap out of the sky at me? No. Let's get my two small children and get into a big body of water, is what I said. Kids, into the pool. And Wolfie oh, actually said, but mum said we can't careful. because of the storm. And I said, well, your mum's wrong. Storms don't affect the Watts family. Get in the pool. <laughs> Straight into the pool. We're having a swim. There's a little bit of rain, but this, I, I'm not. I'm not getting a storm vibe. And then, mm. not joking. All of a sudden, no crack, and a rod of lightning has struck the top of the pub about 50 meters away. I've gone. Get out of the pool. Get out of the pool. Mum's right. Mum's right. Mum's at the balcony. Go. Get out of the pool. You're the only ones in the pool. Why do you always do this mess? Why do you have to prove a point? I don't know. And I've literally got two kids under my arm oh. dripping wet, just running through a lightning storm. Going, I don't know. It's not like I'm going to Let's never talk about this. Let's never talk about this. Oh, that and then just docks. turns into a very, yeah, that's right. Community oh. services. Um, Cause it turns into a kettle, doesn't it? Like a speedy jug. Oh, it boils the water, but it also zaps you. Bad it's, news. It's such a bad dad move. Like, we would literally have all lied. Is it the Faraday cage? Is that the thing that you're safest in uh, away from lightning that can 
it's a, it's called a Faraday cage, I think. Is this like Lawrence, Lawrence is our cage expert no. on the show, so yeah. <laughs> yeah. Let's Liam, go cage expert. If you want Lawrence me to really... take your bindings off, then have yourself. We've taken the ball out of your mouth today. You should be grateful. Uh, no, it's a, it, what it does is a, it's a insulation against um, a lightning storm because it, it disperses the charge. And the closest thing that we all have to a Faraday cage is our car because yeah, it yeah. would disperse lightning and it's also insulated with rubber tyres. So yeah. if you're in a lightning storm, stay in the car. Or, do not wrap yourself in alfoil. No. Go out <laughs> in the street holding a golf club. Don't do that. Otherwise, mm. back to the future. Yeah. Or get into a plane. <laughs> or no future. Yeah. yeah, if you can. Look, Ross, I want to do a bit of an experiment because we were talking about the storms today because, you know, we mm. know that there's going to be a storm. There's a massive storm hitting uh, the New South Wales coast tonight. It may drift down. We don't know how much it's going to affect Sydney at the moment, but it, it, it's a very, very big storm front coming through. So we could expect some um, some very severe thunderstorms later on uh, this evening. But I want to know, talking about lightning, because last night it was proper, proper scary lightning. Has anyone listening actually been struck by lightning? Oh, good question. Because here's the thing. We are talking about this earlier, man, the boys, that we're just saying, like, you would not normally ask that on radio necessarily because it's such a unique experience. And then we went, yeah, mm. but this show, like... We've got yeah. way too many blokes who just love wrapping themselves up in elf. <laughs> There's people who listen to this show because they've been struck by light. <laughs> and, no and no other show makes any sense to them. They're like, I've tried every show, but this is the only one that's, that speaks to me. It stops the ringing in my ears. <laughs> What's more painful? I don't know. Yeah. I use it's like a slower version of it. One triple three five three. Have you been struck by lightning? Oh God! Seek and you will find. One triple three five three. Ask what I thought would potentially be a difficult question. On, on any, and to be frank, on other radio programs, asking somebody or asking people in general if you've been struck by lightning is. Pretty hard to find, yeah. I mean, it's like being struck by lightning. They'd be doing it in yeah. a dating context, like, oh, when did love strike? Oh God, I'm mm. so glad I don't work on that show. <laughs> I've worked on that show. Yeah. I hosted it, but I don't want to be on that show. But I do love it when you speak sexy, Liam. Oh. When you said, "Oh, when did love strike?" and you sounded all husky, <laughs> didn't he? Oh, Turned no. himself on. It was a bit sick. And... You're gonna have to visit <laughs> HR again. <laughs> Me too. You spend a lot of time down at HR. What do you <laughs> What do you talk to them about? <laughs> Mainly you and Merrick. <laughs> he's blushing, Lawrence. Look, he's blushing. Oh, it's when weird. love strikes. Oh. <laughs> one triple three five three. Have you been struck by lightning? Maybe. Maybe you'd expect it will get one telephone call. Wow. No, no, wow. no. Merrick Phil, there is literally about half a dozen people online. Let's get to Peter in the wow. Southern Highlands, one of the best places to be electrocuted by the sky. Hello. <laughs> hey guys, how are you? Very good, mate. You've been struck That's by good. lightning? I was in a plane landing in Dubai about 18 months ago and the cabin turned white. Oh. Just oh. as the pilot was giving an announcement saying about the temperature in Dubai and Paul was uh, in the middle of his nice little you know, spiel about the temperatures and he bloody struck and he swore. So, um, <laughs> really? What did, did, I, did it drop the F-bomb? As I would have two of us sitting at the pointy end. So oh, yeah, we wow. were grounded. We were grounded for eight hours in Dubai until they got another plane. Oh well, I mean, at least you can have a drink. Oh, hang on, no, you can't. <laughs> oh. No, no, it's business lounge, mate. So we're in the drinking part. It's all good. Oh. Yeah. Okay. God, that's so. Even the pilot. I love the idea of the pilot losing his mind and swearing. He he just got the first first three the first three letters out of it before he cut the microphone out. Oh, unreal. <laughs> He's not, on, he's not on seven second delay. Uh, did you, when you, Pete, <laughs> Pete, when you got out of the plane, did you see any scorch marks or anything? Only on the pilot's seat, mate. <laughs> uh, Mostly played. Let's get to Jenny in Weatherall Park. Hi, Jen. How you going, guys? Really good. Have you been struck by lightning? This happened, you're not going to believe this. I drove a Sprinter van because it was my company car from work. And this happened to me twice in the bloody Sprinter. I reckon I reckon it was a conductor somehow. I don't know what happened, right? But it was pouring with rain, 9 o'clock at night. I'm going, coming out of my girlfriend's house, right? And I'm absolutely drenched. I'm running to the van, okay, to go home in the, in the truck, right? And as I get to the door handle, I've got mm. the remote going. I just open the, the door. 
I'm about to get in. The lightning strikes the front of the van, oh. and I'm not. I'm not kidding you. My whole face on half of my face because I was facing the door at the time. The lightning strike was on, say, the right hand side of me. I got flash burns to the right, the right part of my face. Wow, Jenny! I'm facing. I'm facing the car right, and half of oh. my face is white. The other half is blood red. Oh. And it stayed like that for about four days. So it was like so a cartoon like a explosion. in the sun on, yeah, I don't know, but the, it was so hot, guys. It is freakily hot. It is hotter than the hottest bonfire you've ever sat next to on Cracker Night. It is amazingly hot. And white, like the guy said in the plane, white everywhere. Just all around me, white, blinding white light. Jesus, so, Jen. Jen, you said this has happened to you twice, though. Yeah, it happened to me when I got home one night, another night, different night, and it was raining, it was pouring, and I got out of the car and it struck the ground again next to the front tyre. Jenny, God, yeah. God effing hates you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, I think he did. I think he did, Mess. I Just, swear to God, I think he did. Both times, I think I was a bad girl. Um, wow. but yeah, did you get burnt yeah. the second time? No, I didn't. I didn't get burnt the second time um, because I sort of had my back. To the so I don't know maybe the back of my head got burnt I don't know I wasn't aware but when I, I felt it and it was so hot and I went I came home and my girlfriend said to me she looked at me she said Jen what's happened to your friggin face go and look in the mirror <laughs> um, and, and I said I swear to God I've got I've just been struck by lightning or as close as you get before you get killed you know what I mean yeah. and she said oh my God and it was a dead set line you could have drawn a texture line down the centre of my nose. Wow. The centre of my lips, Unreal. and it was just red on one side. It was amazing. It stayed like that for four days. It's like those, you know, those powder burns you see from Hiroshima, you know, where people are standing next to a building, and then when the flash went off of the atomic mm. bomb, and the, you see their silhouette painted on the back of a wall there, yeah, and that's like Jen's face. <laughs> we love you, Jen. Thanks. I love Jen. You are awesome. Let's get to Collie in Manly. Hi, Collie. Hi, guys. Can you hear me? Yeah, mate. Yeah. Sure can. You've been struck by lightning? Yeah, about 30 years ago, I was uh, finishing work late about 7.30 at night and we had a big set of uh, cyclone gates at the front with two cutouts. You put one hand through each and snap the lock on the inside. Yep. And the uh, the storm started and I thought, I'll close the gates high. No, it's a, it's a lightning storm. What are the chances of being struck by lightning? Did you Next say that? Did you actually yeah, say that with your human mouth? Yeah, what, I thought, what are the chances? So I put my hands through the gate to snap the lock, and just as I did, the lightning hit the gate. Ooh. And the funny thing is, it's like blue flame shooting from your hands to the lock, not from the lock back to your to your hands. Oh, oh. That's your soul it, leaving your body, Charlie. <laughs> that's what that is. Yeah. <laughs> but the, it, it didn't throw me back or anything, but it just sort of cracked once, and, and I sort of stood back and I just thought, did that really happen? And it just took about three or four minutes to realise what had happened and went, mm, okay, all right. Try and did snap it, the lock and get out of here. And I didn't offer it, but um, just a weird did it, experience. Did it change something inside your colleague? Do, do you feel like you've got a superpower now? Like, no. has it improved your lovemaking? No, no, no. But, but I recently had a mental health plan and the psychologist gave up on me after the fourth meeting and said, I'm not charging you anymore. Right. Okay. He's already had electroshock therapy. Oh, right. (laughs) (laughs) What more can I do? Get the paddles. Why? There's no point. Go and hold the gate, Collie. Go hold the gate. Go hold hold the gate, mate. (laughs) (laughs) He's got more power in the state of South Australia. Uh, Michael and Rydle me. Hello, mate. There you go, mate. Very good. Been struck by lightning. I can't believe the amount of calls of people. <laughs> we've, had, we've had to drop a couple. Oh, Michael. look, I was, wait, I was waiting for you to say that uh, it was an overload on the uh, uh, on your phones, actually. Uh, yeah. yeah. Uh, we've got a few. Don't worry about that. So you've been, yeah. you've been struck. Where did it happen? Yeah, about 30 years ago, I was working on a mobile crane around the four shores of Balmain. Mm. And uh, they were putting in a couple of steel beams on one of the houses. And there was a big storm late Friday afternoon coming across from Greenwich. Said to the bloke, clamp the beams or, uh, mate, you've got to be sitting here paying for the crane, which was about 150 bucks an hour. So we clamped it, did him the favour. Plus, it was an early one for Friday. Yeah, knock off, uh, going to have a few cans of Balmain. Easy things absolutely, to do. Absolutely, yep. absolutely. And, uh, yeah, the, the uh, lightning hit, struck just as I was uh, taking the chains off the beam. 
uh, put a massive charge through my body. And oh, uh, ba- basically, I was blind for about half an hour, 40 oh. minutes. God, what were you drinking? Reshes? <laughs> Did you have a few <laughs> Oh, I wish I had been. <laughs> Here comes the money. Sorry, I think you've forgotten the bit where you give me some money. Because someone has to pay Merrick's salary. Here's a word from our sponsor. Helping small business grow is my passion. Hi, I'm Mark Boris, and I want to share that passion with you with my podcast, The Mentor. If you're into business, listen now on Podcast One as I get the stories from those just starting out and those on the verge of a major turning point. Join me for The Mentor, and I might just help your business grow as well. Download the app or listen now at podcastone.com.au. No matter what you're into, there's one for everyone. Podcast One. New study has found that daydreaming might be a sign that you're intelligent. Uh, Eric Schumacher, which sounds like a name of a guy who does a lot of research. and Eric Schumacher. Yeah, sounds like he does a lot. Michael Schumacher's brother. Yeah, Eric, the one who Mm. can't drive probably. Sounds like (laughs) sort of named it. ski. Oh. Sorry, Michael. <laughs> Sorry, Mick. <laughs> but you've got a valid point, though. Yeah. Um, Eric Schumacher, Associate <laughs> of Psychology at the Georgia Institute of Technology. Yeah, yeah. Does good. People with efficient brains may have too much brain capacity to stop their minds from wandering. Now, Lossie, you that one of those people- happens to me all the time. I, whenever I sit down cafe or at home to work, I start f- just dreaming, daydreaming, uh, and making up stories in my head. And what I do because I my where I type or write or do whatever I do, I uh, is in a room at the front of the house, and so I watch everyone go past, and I make up backstories of neighbours. Oh, and really? So there's a guy called George. Well, well let's, lives... let's 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 set this up because I think we've got the opportunity here to jump into a Lawrence Mooney daydream. Oh wow! Okay. Oh All really? Right. Dream. Oh, we okay, got... nice. Dream, 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 dream. Okay, so George, uh, I've lived in this house for four years, and George, for about the first year, I would walk past and I would wave at him, and he'd look at me suspiciously and then look away. And then, um, oh, probably about 18 months ago, I was in the pub and George was there and I said, oh, g'day, uh, I see you walk past, my name's Lawrence, what's your name? He goes, my name's George. And he had an accent, like, say, a Portuguese accent. And uh, he's got kind of like Southern European looks, he's got a beard and round glasses and, and long hair and a really distinct limp. So when I see George walk past, I think, oh, he didn't want to get to know me because George is on the run. He was at the Dili Massacre in East Timor. He's a freedom fighter. He's a friend of Jose Ramos Hortas and Janana Guzmayo. And he's on the run from Indonesian Special Forces. And one day when they catch up with him, because he's still wanted in Indonesia, I'm going to have to battle it out in my street with George, screaming out, Tarimakasi, mofo. Wow. Uh, yeah. And that's... And then it's like, oh, the phone rings. It's like, oh, what? Okay. <laughs> you have a fantasy that your neighbour is a, is a Timor, East Timorese East freedom Timorese fighter. freedom fighter. Who's wanted by the uh, TF, was it TFI? TFI, yeah, yeah, I think it is, yeah. In the Indonesian Special, Special Forces. Because he was one of the survivors. And that's why he's got his limp, because he had a bullet go straight through his femur. Wow, that's a great backstory. So you imagine little backstories. Yeah, backstories on everybody. Because... Uh, I, I, wow. There's another guy called Derek, uh, yeah. and he's <laughs> oh, no. he's go. an ex-sumo wrestler, <laughs> um, and he's also on the run. Yeah. The sumos want to get him. Everyone's How's on the run? run? If he's sumo. an ex-sumo wrestler, he's probably on the waddle. No, but he's slimmed down oh, and he? changed okay. his appearance. Yeah. <laughs> to a white man. <laughs> <laughs> he still wears, he only wears a nappy. No, no I want to hear more of this. Okay. I want to hear more of this guy. <laughs> So what you're talking about is a man who's got a continence issue, but you've just dreamt up the sumo backstory. He used to be a sumo. So, yeah, I'm, but, I'm pretty sure he used to be a sumo. He's, but he's, he looks like he's got a. He looks like a man who's had rapid weight loss. Okay, so yeah. he's, he's not a homeless guy just wearing a nappy on the street. They could all be homeless, <laughs> but they've all got they've all got backstories. And I love it. That's I mean that is where my mind goes. That's I made you creative. What that's what you do. I often, I often play out little scenarios. It means scenarios. I'm unemployable. So true. Because <laughs> I can't finish a given task. Well, that's that's what show business is for, Loss. Yeah. That's why we're in show business. I can't stay on task. I've forgotten what we're talking about. <laughs> yeah. Show business is a dragnet. 
going across the bottom of the ocean, picking up the, the most silvery, beautiful fish and just rotten old carp and car batteries and tyres and dumped onto the deck of showbiz altogether. Yeah, that's And nice. we just wallow around in the mud yeah. until someone throws us a bone. I just had a little daydream about, you know, those mud skipper fish? You know, those yeah. little ones that can breathe out of water? My mind went oh, straight yeah. to the mangroves then. I was like, oh, look at you. Oh, and yeah. then I imagined picking one up and it having spikes in its, in its quill and stabbing me and me getting very upset with it and throwing it into the ocean. I, uh, my, one of my... <laughs> <laughs> Let's talk more about daydreams. Can I tell you, you know, I often What's imagine... What's one of your recurring daydreams? I always imagine animals eating other animals. <laughs> It's like, um, if I'm left to my own devices, I have usually two types of daydreams where I just I just wander off in my own mind. It's usually like a snake eat, eating a person. You know, like mm. when you see that, anything of those those video, like online things you find on YouTube where somebody, or like I saw a possum yesterday being eaten by a snake in Queensland. I lost my mind. I lost my mind. I've not stopped thinking about that. That's, that just stays with me in a really good way. And the other one, the other daydream which I enact out in my mind is like, um, if I'm going past a bank or something like that, I always imagine that it's about to be robbed and mm. how I would react in that circumstance. It's just like, what if they come out? What if they're armed? What do I do? Do I front kick him? Do I ignore him? Do I get <laughs> oh, yeah. in the Slater position and roll up in a ball and cry and ask them not just to rub my head? The Slater. <laughs> the I have all these... Slater position. No, I do. often imagine uh, some kind of terrorist attack where I'm yeah, the yeah. hero. Yeah, yeah, I'm always yeah. the hero. I'm always acting yeah. out the hero because I can't. I don't have anything to contribute to society. So what this is, this is a fantasy about me offering something to humanity, which I don't currently have, which is bravery and um, a compassion for other humans. So one of my one of my favourite um, fighting off the terrorist fantasies is here we go. Uh, here we go. I, go I, I kick one. I kick the. AK-47 or the M-16 out of a terrorist's hands and it lands on the ground and then I grab it and just throw it to a passerby and say, you know, get busy! And they just... Yeah. All of a sudden I've just, you know, a, often a beautiful girl yeah, yeah. Well, I was gonna with say, a denim shirt unbuttoned. Sometimes I'm walking oh, in my fantasy, I'm walking past <laughs> Commonwealth Bank and all of a sudden it's being robbed by... By naked netballers. <laughs> Not only have we got back-to-back Moon Man Wednesday, Thursday night, but we've also, in our household, got back-to-back Bachelorette. Of course. Because uh, I've got a four-year-old obsessed with love and marriage and the whole thing. She's just watched Father of the Bride probably 15 times in the last six months. Okay. Um, Part of that was us going overseas, and she just had it on her tablet, just watched it all the way there and all the way back. And yeah, so you had different tablets on the way over, didn't you? Yeah. Um she and I took you. them all the way there and all <laughs> the way back. <laughs> and a few whilst you're there for fun. Yeah. Heaps. <laughs> anyway, um Maggie has become obsessed with love. She's wanted to have a look at our photo albums from our wedding and oh, go through the whole thing. That's great. So She's she's loving the Bachelorette. She's loving the whole. She's entered into and invested in the whole journey. So last night we watched uh, as Apollo, of course, got knocked out. I thought he was a Apollo had in the receiver rise. Let's take the time to say goodbye. He seemed like a good bloke, and he makes a mean chicken pasta. That bloke. And uh, <laughs> the the trouble was, <laughs> he's not Pollo. He's uh, Apollo. Apollo. Mm. Apollo Creed. Mm. Yeah. Didn't oh, yeah. he beat? Didn't he beat Rocky in Rocky yeah, 2? Rocky 2. No. Uh, and then got killed by, oh, spoiler alert. No, Apollo is um, a 24-year-old magician. Yeah. Okay. So, you know, wow. Okay. <laughs> so he got, he got... What a great catch. But the trouble was, I thought they were, they were a really good match, but I don't think that the age difference could have worked. Um, Soph is 37, Apollo's 24, mm. and somehow she didn't see a future in it. He did, but, you know... Um, she said, no, nah, let's stop it there. So she's down to Jared and Stu. And I reckon the the worst of both worlds. I mean, you know, Jared's hair will be gone he's by, by Christmas. I hate to uh, say but his, his hair is an indication of the current situation in the Amazon. Like, uh, it, you know, yeah. okay now, but we all mm. know that it's receding at an alarming rate and even the natives are getting concerned. Yeah. Now, Stu has four children from a previous relationship. He's in the middle of a divorce. Uh, has, sure, has half a billion dollars, and that's very attractive. But strikes me as the greatest pants man that God ever breathed life into. Uh, he, does just, like, he does like making children with, mm. his, with his pain. 
yeah, and loves pants. Um, putting them on and taking them off. So I don't know that Sophie's got a chance, and I'm a bit worried about her, that she's not going to find love and that maybe um, she may never find love. Oh, that's sad. I know it's sad, that's and sad. I'm struck by that but, sadness. because she's got to choose one, though. She's not going to walk out of there without choosing one. I know Sophie, Maggie, I know Sophie very said, well. She's a great, she, she's a great person, a lovely well, We're going to find out who, who she picks tonight, and then hopefully it's true love. But my gut feeling, and, and same with Maggie, the four-year-old, she uh, said as Apollo was leaving last night, she said she sent the wrong one home. Oh. oh, oh, Sophie, what have you done? Yeah. Oh, you reckon? Which one's she going to choose out of that? That um, what's his name? Stu and Jared. Well, you're gonna, you're just gonna choose half a billion dollars. It's hundred percent. Yeah, absolutely. She's, you are. She's going to marry gonna, Stu. Get, out, get yeah. out there, so marry Stu. Marry, Jared looks uh, like hard work and doesn't have enough cash. He'll marry. He'll, saw, just uh, go. Yeah, yeah. No, I'm, I'm signing the prenuptial. Yeah, I'm going to sign it. Why don't I sign it at the reception? <laughs> Why don't I? You're done. <laughs> <laughs> let's have a couple of drinks. You have a few yeah. drinks, and I'll just sign this. Yeah. Oh, let's just have a few drinks. And, yeah. Uh, Our old producer Leon Mez made the sent out a tweet today about it, saying that Jared, if Jared doesn't get picked, he will drown in his own tears. He will be that upset. It will oh, be he's, seriously. What, that bloke has to go. What on does a Jared watch. do? He's a winemaker. He's a winemaker. Oh he's, yeah. He's a concern. He's going to head back into the hills and just finish off just, the 2015 vintage on his own. You know what he's going to do? Soil he's just, himself. He's going to go back to the winery. <laughs> he's going to go back to the winery. I presume it's in South Australia and just going, how do you feel? Human in one of those barrels. <laughs> Can you put me in there and put a cork just in it? swimming around in grapes. <laughs> With Bardo Sophie, playing in the background. Sophie! <laughs> Pick me because you're a numbskull and you're going ball. Stew to win. If I want wine, I'd get a goon bag <laughs> down at the bloody BWS, mate. <laughs> Good time. So there you go. Plus, also, too, Sophie told me that she chose Stu. So. <laughs> what? Oh, far can out. We, can we get on to oh. sports bet? <laughs> Hey, if you heard that, don't tell anyone else. And Sophie didn't tell you that, Merrick. <laughs> no, she hasn't told me at all. <laughs> I just, I just know. I, I yeah, just, just a know. feeling, just a feeling you've got. It's just a fifty-fifty choice. Just, anyway, I just got this vibe from her when she said to me, oh, "There's no one and I'm picking Jared." When yeah. she said that, she said out of Jared and Stu. I can't tell you who I'm going to pick, <laughs> but there's no chance it's Jared. I hope Maggie's not listening, Loz. Why would Maggie. you let a child listen to this show? Are you crazy? Okay, um, so well, I'm going to be strapped in tonight. We're going to be watching. Uh, mm-hmm. well, when I say strapped in, <laughs> oh, I, just, I, I, I meant on. <laughs> See you next week, lads. It's often a debate between uh, people whether or not TAFE or university is the better choice for people. And currently, with a lot of people going to university, having massive hex deck at the end of uh, getting their degree uh, and walking away with very little job prospects, it is starting to become, I suppose, a little more attractive for some people to consider uh, going to TAFE getting some skills and getting on the tools a little bit quicker. TAFE New South Wales boss John Black has taken a huge swipe at universities and their ability to make students job ready, telling careers advisors that 30% of students at one of its university campuses already have degrees. Um, So the executive director of TAFE New South Wales, John Black, has been invited to join us on the line now. Hello, John. How's things, mate? Good, good. Yeah, no, I'm well, thanks. Yeah. Okay, John, you actually, I read earlier this morning that you had declared war on universities. Well, I, I haven't. Um, well, I think you need to be careful. I, I've said very clearly that uh, you know, universities play a critical role in, in the future economy. And uh, what I'm saying is that you know, TAFE should be treated as an equal option. Uh, yes. We've got such a massive skill shortage at the moment in Australia. Yep. And uh, what, exactly what you said, if you, if you come to TAFE, we make sure students graduate so they're job ready. They've mm. got the practical skills 
as you said, get on the tools and do the job what employers need. So we're excited about the recent research as, as backing that up uh, because that's what we need to tell people. Yep. You don't think TAFE is a second choice option. It is a first choice to have technical certified skills get you a job and can be a pathway to a career, yeah. including, of course, going to university. Mate, you, did you, you would have heard yesterday the plumbers in Melbourne are pulling in $90 an hour for a call-out. That's well, not if you can get a, a plumber, if yeah. you can get a exactly. plumber. Exactly. Yeah. Mate, you, you were quoted as saying, why is it that every Uber driver I speak to has a communications business or law degree? <laughs> yeah. Uh, you well, did I'll say that, didn't you? Well, I have to correct the record because the Uber right. driver I got this afternoon had a finance degree. <laughs> oh, okay. Fair call. So, well, I got one today who oh, I don't think even had a driver license so <laughs> mate, there you go well don't, don't mention that but no look there's some terrific people out there and what I'm, I'm trying to tell people is that you know think about uh, getting a vocational skill I mean it's a lifelong thing mm. sometimes I wake up in the morning and think geez I wish I could do something else as well and, and that's what you learn through TAFE. But, and, you, and but you're stuck at TAFE, is that what you're yeah. saying? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You'd, rather, exactly. you'd rather do something else, but you're stuck at TAFE, promoting no, TAFE. No, I didn't say that. If, if, yeah, maybe one day maybe you do a TAFE course on how to get out of TAFE and move on from TAFE. <laughs> is there a TAFE course? I'm sure there probably is, actually. Mate, but, can but, I ask you, where did you study, John? Well, I, I'm, I'm a very fortunate person. I was uh, fortunate enough to go to Duntroon where, yes, I did an undergraduate degree at the same time learning how to be an army officer. Mm -hmm. and I, did, I did 25 years service, uh, very proud of uh, yep. the Australian Army and Good. My, my service. And then I, I, I worked in oh, a whole series of roles as a chief executive level in, in water utilities. I've headed up a couple of government departments. Mate, I don't want any curriculum veto, mate. I just <laughs> asked you where you studied. Just in case. You know. no, I just want to know. So obviously yeah. Duntroon, for anybody who's listening, is... Uh, it's a military academy and a uni yep. university uh, yep. level there, uh, and that's where you got your qualifications from. Mm. Okay, yep. fair enough. Well, that's why I thought maybe you know when you said that you uh, had decided that you were going to declare war on universities, I thought, what's your what's your battle plan? Is it made of <laughs> Play-Doh and wooden blocks or? No, no. It's, it's look the it's important that look look what the Productivity Commission said this week um, around you. Well, it's important because university students are, are finding it hard to get employment. You've said that, so it's it's not me saying this. Uh, and also, there was a report by Azuna, which is a company that aggregates all the job ads, and, and that's showing that only, only there are 20 university graduates competing for one job that's advertised. Yep. So, look, we, we've got 40,000 shortfall in construction and the major you know, construction trades in, in Sydney and the greater Sydney area at the moment. We, we've, we're short of about 19,000 chefs. Mm. Um, we, we, we are going to need an increase of about 80,000 more nurses nationwide by 2021. Mm. Cyber security is one of our biggest in-demand courses. Wow, um, okay. Moving, moving yep. into robotics. Yep. You know, when you look at the, the research that's been done about the future jobs out past 2020, nine out of the top ten are TAFE. Yeah, well, uh, look, I'm, 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 I'm right behind you, mate. I think it's a great thing. I always say to people, you should get out there. Don't be afraid of TAFE. Get out there. Get yourself some qualifications. Yep. Get a job and get earning, John. I'm, Absolutely. I'm, yeah, I that, that earning and learning as but well because can, the flexibility we can do for learning. And, you know, yeah, mate, this, it, is not, you've got, this is not AM radio, mate. This is <laughs> FM. I don't, I don't, we don't have four hours on this. I do want to know that, John, because I am punishing you. I'm making it difficult, but that's because, you know, you're ahead of TAFE. Um, let me ask you, what do you think my uh, scholastic qualifications are? What do you think that I achieved in my um, education? Well, what do, what do you think my, acad my ac current academic qualifications are? Where do you think I went? Well, I'd get it wrong if I, if I try to guess. That's, but, why, that's why I've oh, asked you to do it, John. <laughs> yeah. it's, a, it's a trap. Well, you're a Harvard graduate. Ha, 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 ha. Very funny. No, but seriously. what do you, hardly a graduate. What do, you, what do you think I studied? Oh, I don't know, zoology? Oh, oh no. I don't know if you're insulting me or yourself, honestly. <laughs> it's terrible. See, the fact of the matter is, John, is that I completed no tertiary education. So what that means is I'm encouraging people to overlook TAFE and university and just get into show business. Hey, <laughs> why not? Why not? No, um, I'm kidding. It's a TAFE course about show business, isn't it? There yeah. is actually. Yeah, very. Uh, there that's, actually that's is. It's pretty popular. Yeah, it's all, Charles all the Stewart University. All the creative arts is amazing. All the creative arts stuff we do. Yeah. Yeah, and you guys should come along and look at some of the stuff we do. Yeah. It's astonishing. 
Yeah. We've got, you know, got the 19th probably ranked might. globally fashion design school here in Sydney. Yeah, okay? probably not going to that one, John. Yeah, I'm not going to lie. perfect for you. I was just thinking it yeah, would nah. be perfect. John, what else can we offer you? You've done a tremendous job of promoting <laughs> TAFE courses here in New South Wales, and I'm sorry I've had to take the piss out of you, but it's TAFE. So if I don't, then I won't have been doing my job. Well, Mez, I want to I want to solve this once and for all. John's on the side of TAFE. Mm-hmm. You're on the side of no tertiary education. Well, no, I'm just saying I did I did two years of Year Eleven. Okay, right. So I mean, <laughs> you're you know, a fan of going over things twice no, to make saying, sure you're really I'm just saying, like I've I have absolutely smashed high school. Like I did a very, 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 very job comprehensive yeah. job well, of doing seven years of a six year course. Well, I want to settle this once and for all with the help of our audience. One, two, three, five, three. Let's play a game to yes. test who is smarter. I want to go TAFE. Okay. V uni, V Merrick. So Ooh. no qualification. So if you've got a uni qualification, give us a call. If you've got a TAFE qualification, give us a call. You can be our contestants. And you've got like a little quiz. I'm going to put a quiz. Uni, V TAFE, yep. V Merrick, what's with no qualifications okay. at all? Is any of the questions who would win between a shark and a crocodile? If you want to answer that question now, you can. It's a and crocodile. I'll give you a point for it. It's a crocodile. Okay. Yeah, it's a crocodile. All right. That will not be in the quiz. What? One, what? two, three, five, three. I needed someone with a TAFE qualification, someone with a university qualification. You're going to go up against Merrick Watts, who has no qualifications. Here comes the money. Sorry, I think you've forgotten the bit where you give me some money. Because someone has to pay Merrick's salary. Here's a word from our sponsor. Ever get the feeling the world could be a better place but don't know how to do anything about it? I'm Amanda Tattersall. If you want to change the world, my podcast one series, Changemakers, is the one for you. Stories from around the world that show change is possible and give you tips to help make it happen. Stories of people who've been shot at, jailed and threatened with life behind bars simply because they want the world to be a better place. Download the app or listen now at podcastone.com.au. No matter what you're into, there's one for everyone. Podcast One. And we are going to attempt to find out once and for all, well, not really, we're just going to have a crack at it, <laughs> who is smarter, somebody who studied a TAFE, somebody who studied university, or somebody like myself who just made it through high school and then got into the entertainment industry because it is the safety net for people who <laughs> are not capable of working properly. It's the tertiary championships. Right. Because Take Me South Wales boss John Black came out, had a swipe at universities. You have no qualifications on the line from the Blue Mountains, we have Joe. Joe, welcome to the show. Hello, hello. Hi, Joe. Lovely to have you on the show. Can I? Thank you. Can I Good ask to you, be here. What are, you, what are your qualifications? First of all, what do you do? Do you have you do you work at the moment? Um, I do. Um, yep. I'm. I, I have studied interior design. I've just finished, and I'm actually. Um, I studied at TAFE hairdressing as well. Oh, okay. So, but I've yeah. So I did a different one. So I've done. Um, yeah, but I'm going into interior design, yeah. So, so you've done hairdressing and interior design. That's two different types of having to match the curtains you've qualified in. Oh, oh, oh that, I'm sorry, so, but that was... That was very good. That was tertiary qualified. That was, yeah. I'm not going to lie. So Joe was... will be representing TAFE <laughs> and uh, representing University. We have Daniel from uh, Womberall. Hey, Dan. Hey, guys. How are we? Hi, Dan. Uh, okay, so what did you study? You're at University. Yes, I studied um, primary school teaching. That's a TAFE course, mate. We're going to have to let you go. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Daniel, Joe, Merrick, it's time to play this. Okay. versus Merrick. Joe, Daniel, just before we start, can I just point out, right, that obviously the expectation for me to pull this off is pretty low. You guys have got proper qualifications. All the pressure's on you. If you don't win, I'm always going to look dumb, right? Everyone everybody listens already knows that. That's a given. It's up to you guys not to look as more dumber than I am. Okay. See? So your names, okay. your names are your buzzers okay. here, guys. All right. First question. What does... TAFE stand for? Joe. I heard Joe. Yep, yeah, technical and further education. Is it? I think I'm going to have to buzz that. I've got tertiary and further education. Daniel, I've just figured out that what I need to do is just sit back and let you guys make all the mistakes and then Stephen Bradbury my way in with zero score. That's just, a great idea. Okay, all right, next question. And, and so I've, that's, and that's I've, minus one to Joe. And I've double-checked, and I'm going to have to give it to Joe. Technical and further oh. education. 
So now oh, that we've made fun of Joe, she's actually she was actually correct. So hang on a second, Liam, you went <laughs> yeah. to university, didn't yeah, you? Yeah, I did. So that's oh, so you're one a half wit. I'm so not in this quiz. Well, Joe's in the lead by one Liam. point. But that, you're, you get a point off, Liam. <laughs> okay. You're minus one. Yeah. <laughs> Question two. Here we go. Spell curriculum. Merrick. Yo, Merrick was in first there. C U R I C I C U L U M. Well, there was a stumble, but I'll give it to him. Yeah, well done. All right. Very close. Hey, you idiots, it's written on the sheet in front of me. It was a question. <laughs> TAFE's, on, TAFE's on one, no education on one, and university yet to score. Okay. Oh, no. How much, how much is the doll in Australia at the moment? Oh, Merrick, F all. <laughs> no? Is that no. It? Any guesses from uh, university or TAFE? No. Uh, 200 a fortnight. It's five hundred and thirty-eight dollars a fortnight. What? Oh, yeah. I'm getting back on the rock and roll. It's gone through the roof. That's it. That's All an right. enticement. We still have TAFE and no education in the lead at the moment. Oh. Name three suburbs of Sydney that have hill in their name. Uh, uh, uh Merrick. Oh, Merrick. Uh, Winston Hills. That's one. Pennant Hills. That's two. Borkham Hills. Well done. No education well in the lead. TAFE second place. University. Daniel, you still with us, mate? I'm here. Okay. I'm, I'm here in some form. All right. Well, he's a he's a primary school teacher, yeah. Liam. So what he's currently doing is he's writing up his answers on a blackboard right. with a piece of chalk well. and a smiley face. There, he's just drawing. A little... <laughs> well, this next question is primary school level, Daniel. So you really should get it, mate. Okay, oh, here we go. No pressure. Yeah, maybe put down your clag bottle, mate. <laughs> According. <laughs> here we go. According to Bunnings. Lowest prices are what? Uh, Daniel. Oh, Daniel. Just the beginning. Oh, he's in I the game. I gave you that. I gave you that. I gave you that. All right. I let All that right. one slip through just so that you wouldn't embarrass yourself. And it took you way too long, the pair of you. God. So, I had no idea. No, oh. it, oh. No education still in the lead. Uh, TAFE and university level on one all. This is good. I'm loving this. What was built first? The Sydney Harbour Opera House or the Harbour Bridge? Merrick. Oh, Merrick's jumped in. Harbour oh. Bridge. Harbour Bridge is correct. Heading into the tiebreaker. Uh, incorrect. I'm going to take a point off, Daniel. You go back to zero because it was oh. 1929. <laughs> <laughs> so, oh, I love this game. I can't believe I, I have to do this. But you should have made the questions about Sydney. The winner, the winner of Tafe Uni v Merrick is... <laughs> No education, Merrick Watts. Well done. Thank you. Joe, Daniel, that was an absolute pleasure. I really enjoyed that. Having said that, it was slightly rigged because there were questions about Bunnings, which, you know, people like me go to all the time. And also, too, it was questions about Sydney. So I like to think that I know Sydney pretty well. So I reckon I got a couple of gimmies there. Having said that, beating two people with... Oh, what happened then? Turn my microphone off. I didn't know. Beating, beating people that have actually got qualifications, I think sends a really strong message, Daniel, particularly to the young children you're trying to educate, which is <laughs> don't try too hard. Merrickville here on Triple M. Now, aged care minister Ken Wyatt said yesterday that a gap year for people approaching retirement age must be considered by the Turnbull government. What? No, no it doesn't. Sorry, Ken? What? Ken reckons that uh, with more than 6 million Australians aged between 50 and 75 and facing an extended life expectancy, I don't know if you put a pillow over them, older people should adopt the teenage concept of a gap year as they transition into retirement. Uh, Ken, you need to transition into reality sport um, because <laughs> there is no need, there is absolutely no need to have a gap year for old people going to retirement. That's what it, that's what retirement is. That's what retirement, retirement is. All of the gap years yeah. in one. I think, but I think his suggestion was that they needed to take because they were going to live longer. They needed to take some time away to assess what they were going to do with those extra years they get in their life. But that's what you do. Yeah. That's when you retire, to yeah. figure out what you're going to do. Yeah. That's like, oh, I need to take some time to figure out what I'm going to do when I figure out what I'm doing. What? You don't make any sense. But, you know, what? Ken is senile. <laughs> I'm just saying it. 
It's time for Ken to be put into a home. He needs a blanket over his knees, a stable table, and a bowl of custard right now, Ken. I just love the use of the phrase uh, gap year, though, because when you think gap year, you think teenagers Ecstasy on heading the Gold to Coast. Ibiza yeah. going mental. Ibiza? I don't know about it, but you mean the Gold Coast, don't you? Sorry, yeah, I mean yeah, the Gold sorry, Coast. The- Australia's Ibiza, the Gold Coast. The Gold Coast. Stacks of ecstasy, a yep. few Bacardi breezes, and yep. look out, somebody's pregnant. Not from you, Ken. And being frog-marched into the back of a paddy wagon after they've gotten nude in Cavill Avenue. Look, there's got to be something for it, though, and you've got to think, well, if this is going to be adapted for a gap year, there's obviously going to be a market for attracting old people to gap year, same way they do it with schoolies uh, with the Gold Coast. Yeah, Kentucky uh, Tours. Exactly. What's the old person exactly. equivalent? Let's find somewhere crap in Australia and make them some money. Want to let your hair down even though you went bald in the 1980s? Want to have a ball even though yours are now around your knees? Pensioner Gap Year is for you. Seven days and six nights in stunning Goulburn, New South Wales, a stone's throw from Yass. Before you enjoy retirement and imminent death, one last crack at the jewel of the West, Goulburn. With its supermax facility and hotels with unfeasibly high suicide rates, it's just the break you need before you go to God. Activities include looking at sheep in a paddock, eating custard with a plastic spoon, and having a prostate exam with Denko Rub. Ooh la la. There's something for everyone. Enjoy a glass of complimentary Mylanta on arrival and then get loose as f- in the spa before you accidentally follow through on a fart and create a chocolate milkshake. Yeah, you're gross, old person. Pension a gap year. It's your last chance to cut loose before the world cuts you loose. Proud to present the X Open coming to Kudos Bank Arena in November. Now, this is featuring Chad Reed, Jason Anderson, Ricky Carmichael, and freestyle motocross icon Robbie Madison. He joins me on the line now. Robbie, great to have you back on Merrickville, mate. Merrick. How are you, brother? Good, mate. How's things? Yeah, very good indeed, mate. How's that? Uh, what's going on? You're in Sydney on the weekend. Where are you now? I was. I'm back in LA, mate. Just um, burning the candle at both ends. Living the dream? Yes, yes. Mate, how's the, how's the body holding up, first of all? How's the knees? Well, I'm actually, yeah, due for a couple of surgeries, but I, I hurt my back um, on Saturday, and then I got into uh, got into L.A. yesterday, went straight to the, to the neurosurgeon. They gave me some miracle juice in my back, and I uh, rode all day today, and things are good. I'm back on the horse. I, well, when you say back on the horse, you mean back on the motorbike. You don't actually mean like on the horses in, you know, the H. Like the hammer. Anyway. Yeah, so, yeah that, on the horsepower. Yeah, when you said on the horse, I went, oh, <laughs> and you've said miracle liquid. Don't forget to bring some back through customs if you can. Mate, you will. Yeah, you will. It's, uh... oh, it's all right. That's just somebody telling you that you're about to be drip fed some more horse. Um, mate, you're back, <laughs> you're back in Australia soon for the AusX Open uh, at Kudos Bank Arena uh, in November. Tell me about this. What's this event about and what can we expect from it? Mate, I'm super excited to be a part of it. You know, it's um, the guys at AME Management have put together the the AusX uh, Open and pretty much they've got a host of the world's best athletes, whether they're freestyle motocross riders and, and obviously the racing guys. But obviously, yeah, it's in Curious Bank Arena and it's a spectacle, I think. You know, it's pretty much the highest profile Aussie event in the motorcycle industry and it's got the best racing, um, the best tricks. They've, they've got the best riders in the world there and... I'm just excited to be a part of it this year. I've, I've been in the crowd the last couple of years and finally going to get down on the floor there and have some fun and, and be a part of the action. So it's uh, it's going to be a great event. I've got my little boy, Cruz, who's just turned seven. He's going to be a part of the KTM Junior Challenge. So it's, uh, it's going to be a great event. And not only that, there's a chance for anyone who buys a ticket to come there. If they pick the top 12, place getters right in the SX1 class, they stand to win $500,000 a night. So Jeez, that's they go good. both nights and get it right both nights. It's a million bucks. Jeez, that's uh, good. That's a, I thought you were going to say yeah. win a can of Coke, and I was going to go, that's shit, Robbie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, a million bucks, mate. So, hey, why don't we pony up together if we'll go halves? Yeah, absolutely. I'll, you know what? How about you do all the tips, and I'll just go, I'll second that. I'll go, yeah, I'm with you on that. So if you can give us the tips, Robbie, that'd be dynamite. 
All right, yeah, I'll get down the pits and I'll pay off the boys and we should be good to go. Bang, there we go. Too easy. Hey, Robert, can I ask you, when, when you see your son, I mean, I've got a little boy and I ride motorbikes and, like, he's, he's starting to have a little bit of curiosity about the machines. When you see your son, though, on a motorbike, knowing that they can be, you know, dangerous and hazardous at the very least, do you have mixed feelings? Do you know, do you have those feelings of, you know, you as a motorcycle enthusiast going, yeah, absolutely love it, get out there and have a crack. But is it mixed with a little bit of, oh, that's my boy? Yeah, it freaks me out. You know, I haven't actually put him up to the starting line to have a race yet just because under race conditions you got... I see the other fathers there and they're so into their kids about winning and, and they're so crazy about it. They kind of... It's like they're blindsided. It's like their eyes glaze over and it's not about that for me. You know, we're just there to have fun. Go out there. Don't try and compete with anyone else. Just go and have fun. Ride within your capabilities and that's that's pretty mm. much what we do when we get the track. We just we try to keep it fun, and so mm. far it's been good. And try not to crush your nuts before they've even had a chance to drop. So I mean, <laughs> that's a very important exactly. piece of, of advice yeah. to give to kids, mate. I hear that you're doing a, a stunt uh, here in Sydney on Darling Harbour um, in the the weekend here uh, in November. Uh, can you tell us about that? Is it over the water? Yeah, November twenty six and twenty seven. We're at the um, down the Cockle Bay Wharf there. Um, it's Sorry, Cockle Bay. Um, we're going to be at the, the it's for the uh, Sydney Motorcycle Expo, which is at the Exhibition Centre. But um, I'm, it's my first public appearance on the on the water bike. And, Unreal. Um, every, uh, yeah, both days I'm going to be riding at midday and doing uh, some loops around the Cockle Bay there, turning to a speedway. So it's a, it's a great chance for the public to come out and see this bike that I've invented that rides around on the water and a uh, chance for them to come inside after and, and meet me at the KGM stand. And I have my uh, my, ch- my children's book, which I've just written and, and released, and it's going to be for sale. So I'm looking forward to meeting the fans and letting them see this bike ride around the water and answering the questions and just having a good, fi- a good time. It's a good chance for me to connect with the Aussie public. It's been a long time since I've been in Australia, so I'm looking forward to catching up with a lot of old faces and some new ones. Robbie, you know what I love is the fact that uh, jet skis, of course, are banned from the harbour, but you can take a motorbike <laughs> on top of the water and everyone just goes, well, it's not it's not technically a jet ski, so it's okay. But be very careful, though, Robbie. I don't know if you're familiar, but there is a very, very hazard element, uh, hazardous element at Darling Harbour, and that, of course, is the danger of you riding headlong into an ibis. That's right, the dirty bin chicken out on the water there. It sees you. It'll If you're holding a sandwich whilst you're riding, mate, it'll take you apart. <laughs> I'll have a bag of chips on the back to just get them, uh, just, just to take their uh, eyes off the prize. <laughs> get, them, get them frothing. Mate, listen, it's great to speak to you as yeah. always. Uh, if you want tickets to go and see Robbie, you can win uh, yourself plus three mates to see the world's biggest names in Supercross and FMX do battle at the AusX Open in Sydney, November 11 to 12 at Kudos Bank Arena. Call now on one triple three five three, or you can get them from Ticketek. Robbie Madison, mate, always great to speak to you. Best of luck, and we'll see you in November. Thanks, boys. It's going to be an epic month. I look forward to seeing everyone at both events. Good on you, mate. Take care. Cheers. And bring back some horse juice. (laughs) That was the Merrickville Catch-Up Podcast. Make sure you never miss a thing. Download the Merrickville Catch-Up from the Triple M app.